of Habakkuk. There are only three chapters in the book, so it does seem like a short uh, thing to do. And uh, we've entitled this series, God is Doing a Work in Me Today. And the first two uh, sections of this
Humble in their lives each day, and that that's how they approach their heavenly. 
obedience. Those who live puffed up are fools. And the life of humility is one of wisdom and honor. As Proverbs 16, 18 tells us, a, a verse that's often misquoted because we collapse it and, and, and people will say, you know, pride goes before a fall. Well, that's what the verse means if that's not what the verse says. The verse says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And as Proverbs 18, 12 teaches us that before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility forms the perfect goes before honor, because the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2 is talking about humility and how important it is for us to be humble in our Christian lives. And then to illustrate that, he begins to talk about Jesus Christ in that so-called Christ hymn there at the early part of Philippians 2, where he tells us that Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And, and Paul has perfectly illustrated humility with that picture of Christ, but he doesn't stop there in that verse. He goes on to say, therefore, God has Secondly, we can see that Habakkuk is also in a worshipful attitude as he writes the words of his prayer. And we can see this attitude in the word fear, which is a reverence for God. The fact that he is in awe of who God is and what he has accomplished and what he continues to accomplish. As we approach God in our lives, whether it's through prayer or worship, we want to approach
Bible is acknowledging God's true person. It's remembering His attributes, His characteristics, and, and giving Him praise for who He is. Many of the psalmists teach us how to adore and praise God. There are so many psalms of praise in the book of the Psalms, and, and we can learn from those psalmists as we, as we see how they adore God. Now, maybe we don't need that teaching, but I do, because many times in my own prayer life, I find that I'm falling short in praise and honor and appreciating God. Maybe you have that problem from time to time. You know, you praise God for about 37 seconds, and then you, you light in on that, that list of 35 petitions, and you think, I don't need to talk to him about that. puts it in his commentary, Habakkuk is learning that if we focus solely on God's great characteristics in his church, in the community, in the faith of his church, then our request is granted. You see, then we'll not only approach him in praise and adoration, but our request will be more in line with God's desire. This uh, quotation from Boyce points us toward another way we approach God, especially in our prayer lives, and that is with petitions that are in accord with God's will. We can see uh, Habakkuk's petition here at the end of chapter 32. He has just said that he fears God's word, and then he prays in the midst of the years for guidance, in the midst of the years Make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. In other words, Habakkuk is praying to God that he will revive or renew his mighty deeds in his own day. Habakkuk is saying, I don't fear God. And that he will make his mighty acts known. You see, the emphasis is not on Habakkuk or on Judah or anything that really having to do with the Babylonians who are going to judge them on God's behalf, the emphasis is on God and what He's doing and or will do. As part of that work, Habakkuk is asking God as a divine person. You know, when someone stays under the water too long or someone has some kind of heart event and their heart stops and they're given CPR and they're brought back to life, we say that they're revived. Someone who's dead is all of a sudden living once again. Think of the prophet Ezekiel, the wonderful preacher there in his third chapter chapter with the valley of the dry bones. He, he prophesies, you know, this is uh, after the time of Habakkuk, I would guess between 2018 and 2030. But the picture is much the same. Because you see here in our text, Habakkuk asks for a revival of his nation. And Ezekiel gives God's word that such a prayer is going to be answered. So in that 37th chapter, this is what Ezekiel says. Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will raise up for David 
between God and his work in worship, Habakkuk could see what God's saints did with their land. They were in a savage place, politically, economically, about to be depeopled, but they were in a savage place of slavery and fear. And, you know, it's fine to talk about them, and we could spend a lot more time this morning talking about, uh, you know, the, the terrible things they did that, that caused God to bring this judgment to be upon them. But, but let's first talk about it. What about Jeremiah? What about his own people? Do you live in spiritual desert in this nation today? Do you live in spiritual desert in this state, in this community, in this congregation even? Do you pray for revival? This is something that God should be praying for. You and me, it's a song we find in the Psalms, Psalm 80, a song that we're going to sing in just a few minutes after the service. Revival. Restore the people. Give grace. Let's make that our prayer. Let's give Him praise. And then we find His final petition at the end of verse he says, then laugh, remember me. Now that's a prayer for you. That's a prayer you and I should be making to God. Because God's people are suffering as they should never be. And we see this great mercy here in the context of John's question of mercy is a sovereign characteristic of God, as we see in Exodus 33, because that's where he tells Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. It's God's business as to where he pours out his mercy and when. It's a sovereign characteristic of God. So we can see that to pray for God's mercy, even in a time of judgment, is to ask for that which is indicative of and central to His character, to who He really is. And that's why the prophet Habakkuk cries out to God. Now as we close, I'll give you two pictures of mercy. The first is found in Luke 18. Jesus tells the people a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. I don't know if you remember that parable, but you know that's when Jesus says a Pharisee and a tax collector went up to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee, kind of like, you know, almost beat himself on his chest and says, God, I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm not like other people. You know, I'm not like this tax collector. I'm not like all those sinners out there. It's almost like the, the Pharisee was saying, God, you ought to be glad I'm praying to you. I'm such a good guy. You see, that's a tough way to pray
still have what God has in store for you and this family. And Jesus says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified that day because he who humbles himself shall be exalted. this wonderful drama that we call the sacrament of the Lord's Supper to show us what the Lord Jesus was willing to do. How He was obedient unto death, even death on the cross. How He allowed His body to be broken and His blood to be shed on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2 that this is the body and this blood of Christ. Jesus is our agent. That's what we are. That's who we are. We're, we're sinful people. And we can't do anything about that. That sin causes a separation between us and God. And we can't, we can't get to heaven because of that sin. Somebody has to do it for us. And that's what Jesus Christ has done. And so Paul says there in Ephesians 2, we were by nature children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, loved us. God was rich in mercy. That's rich in love for us. Even when we were dead through our sins, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved, that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and see it prayed for in Habakkuk's prayer, and we see the ultimate answer to that 